This is episode 26 of The Kingdom is Here. Today, in a little bit, we're going to go kind of old school, and by that I mean actually Old Testament. Uh, there's a phrase and a passage of scripture in the book of Acts, chapter 1, and this is kind of right leading up to Jesus' ascension. These are essentially his last recorded words on earth before he ascends. And he tells his followers, he says to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So the disciples kind of got together and they said, hey, um, Lord, at, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Is this the time? Are these the seasons? Is this that point that we've been waiting for where you're going to restore the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Israel? And the Lord says to them, he says, hey, listen, it's not for you. <laughs> he didn't say, hey, listen, but <laughs> maybe he did. I don't know. But he said, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons the Father's put in his own authority. But this is where he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And to this power is so you can be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. Okay, we understand that, but back up a little bit because they were wondering, is now the time when you're going to restore the kingdom? For generations, for centuries, there was promise that the kingdom of God was going to be restored, that it was going to be restored, brought back to really what God had originally designed for his kingdom in so many ways, and that it was going to be restored. So they thought, this, this has got to be it. This is, right? Isn't this it? Well, not, not like they thought. And it turns out this is nothing new. It's, it's really not like anybody thought. Well, let's just see where this goes. This is Nathan Kirk, and I've got really good news. So what is this good news today? What is the thing that's going to be potentially, oh, so helpful? Um, I, I want to reference something back in the Old Testament and maybe tie it into the New Testament and help us to see what that means for us today. Sometimes that's maybe the hardest part of Scripture um, at times is really seeing how does this apply to us today and what does that mean for now, for this moment, for the season that we're in. Because we are in some really interesting and odd seasons. And maybe that's an entire podcast in and of itself is the notion of seasons within the kingdom. Um, we'll head back to that maybe at some point. But I want to maybe grab our attentions and grab that together and go to a maybe a less well-known book of the Bible. It's the book of Haggai. Um, <laughs> I recently preached from this book at the local church here and I, instead of saying, hey, everyone, turn your Bibles to the book of Haggai, I was like, turn to the index and find what page it's on. And from there, then you can turn to that page because this is maybe a little lesser known 
um, book of our Bibles. It's it's a minor prophet, minor just meaning that it's a shorter book by a prophet, and it's in the Old Testament. Um, and where it aligns is it aligns with some of the contemporaries of the time, including um, the books Ezra, Nehemiah, um, Malachi, and Zechariah. So, you know, th this is not maybe the normal reading that we would typically do. Maybe we're not as familiar with th these books or even what's going on in the kingdom of God or with the people of God, the children of Israel, like what's going on with them during these times. The short of it is this, is that during the time that Haggai and the rest of these contemporaries that I mentioned, during the time that these these books were written, um, God's people, Israel, had been taken out of their country. They had been ripped into exile by Babylon. If you hear that term used and you hear that, that um, name given, it was the world power at the time. It was a war machine and it was a horrible war machine. I mean, what we think are horrific crimes in our world today, um, we're just trying to catch up basically in regard to that, to what Babylon was. And, and we're not far behind. I mean, our, our world is full of plenty of terrors, that's for sure. Babylon, had there was no mercy. There were no rules of engagement. There was no, nothing like that. It was horrific in every possible way that we can imagine. And now we have the people of God, like the people that literally bear his name, have been taken into captivity by this war machining global nation. Okay, that's where we're at, um, essentially the setting the stage for where we're going. During this time where Babylon had taken Israel and so many other nations, another uh, kingdom, another nation, let's say kingdom, right? It rose to power and it's the Persians. The Persians overthrew the Babylonians and now they are the leading power of the day. And at that time that Haggai and these other contemporaries uh, are written, at that time, the Persian Empire had allowed Israel, the people of God, to go back to their home and to rebuild. Okay, so this is where we're at. Now, the beginning of this minor prophet, Haggai, it opens up and it says that the Lord, this is verse 2 if anyone's wondering, of the first chapter, uh, thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, so this is God's word, God's words, and God is saying this. He's saying, this people says, so now he's quoting what the people are saying. He's he's sharing what the culture, the voice of the culture is saying. So So the Lord is reflecting the culture, and according to the Lord's reflection of the culture, this is what the culture is saying. The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. And the Lord took issue with this because he goes on to say, hey, look, you have built your own places. You've built your own areas for comfort. You've built your own things where you find rest and peace and comfort in. But my house, my building is lying in ruins. What gives, right? Like, isn't it time that this takes place? And so the Lord comes back and he says, now consider your ways. And that's like, oh boy, he's about to talk. Like this is book of Job, you know, this is Old Testament. Um, let me just maybe insert this, that he's the same. Like God is the same now as he was then. And he is slow to anger. We understand that. He's rich in love and mercy and that's that's wonderful. But also, invariably, in every stage of our lives, 
um, throughout the life that we live, there are seasons where judgment does come into place. I think that's a really important thing for us to understand in the kingdom of God, also in the culture that we live in. While we do live in what we call a dispensation of grace, um, that doesn't mean that that we don't also reap what we have sown. Okay, We live in a world that judgment is so so foreign, right? Like, don't judge me. Don't shame me. You know, the only thing that is being shamed is the concept of any form of shame or guilt. Um, you know, there's, there's no right or wrong. Everything is just, is just how it is because you can't even say that it's, that it's okay or that it's right. It's just, this is how it is. And we can't make judgment calls about it with one exception. And that is the exception to the things that are right or pure or virtuous. Okay. What happens here in the Old Testament is something that's, I think, being shown in our lives here today is that the Lord is talking to people and he's saying, look, you can get so consumed with building your own things, your own kingdoms, your own little structures in your own life and systems in your own life that you want to build, but you're forgetting about what really matters and what really matters is building a place for God to dwell. Now, before we start to get upset at what this seems like, let's just take a second and realize something. God is is telling us that he wants his temple built, okay? So what this means is that God is saying, I want to dwell among my people. I want to be around you. I want you to be with me. I want to have communion and relationship with you. And that really needs to be your priority is what God wants. God wants to be active and at the center of your life. And we ought to just maybe take a step back and take a moment and and realize in awe how profound that actually is. Echoing the psalmist that says, who am I? Who is man? Who, who are we that God would be mindful of us, that he would even think our way. Like, why would he want to spend time with us? Why would he want to even be around me? Why would he, I don't know who you are, uh, the one or two people that are listening, but why would God <laughs> want to be around you? And, and now after I asked that question, we've just dropped two more listeners and we're down to just me talking to myself again. No, but really, I mean, like, why, what's so good or what's so special about us? Like nothing, but that doesn't matter. It's that he says that he wants to be around us and he wants to spend time with us. So he's talking to his people and he's saying, look, you're, you're doing all of your things and okay, is what it is, but I want to be around you. I want to spend time with you. I want to be in the middle of your life in every conceivable way. So, to that point, the Lord is talking to us today and he's saying it's time to build. And sometimes we don't feel like it's time to build, right? Like in our world that we're in right now and with the pandemic um, and the, the next variants and waves that are coming and the way that so much of this is being politicized. And I know that's probably a, a triggering thing to say right there. Don't get into the politics of it. Just Here's a little um, advertisement. Don't get into the politics of this. Some of you, some of us, or everybody knows that person, maybe it's you, 
Um, we get so consumed with the politics of this. But the politics are just the religion for other people that don't serve and trust in God. Like they just put their faith in, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, in the Psalms, it says putting our faith in chariots and horses or princes and kings. Like that's just what it turns into today. We're just a little more sophisticated about it because we wear suits and we have teleprompters and microphones, right? But that's what it is today is we put our trust and our hope in God and not of the powers or the influences of this world, of the kingdoms of this world, right? Like he is our king. He is our, he's our strength, our power. He is how we live and breathe and have our being. It's found in Jesus Christ alone. So I think it's really important for us to stop getting so wrapped up in the politics of all of this because essentially what you're doing is you're doing what it says is if you continue to read in the book of Haggai when we when we not just in politics but in so many things when we invest so much of our time life effort and energy into other things that are not of the kingdom of God let me just lay that out one more time because we have to understand that we have to invest our lives in what's important in the things that are of the kingdom of God so many things in our world are trying to co-opt the kingdom of God because they think that it's a vehicle that they can use to gain power and influence. And unfortunately, it's working with some groups of people. I'm just here as one voice, and there are many voices, but this is just one voice today that's saying, hey, don't let these other influences co-opt what really matters most, and that is the kingdom of God in your life and expanding in our world. Because this is what happens when we do that. In Haggai 1 and 4, it says, you know, so this is going where it says, oh, it's not time to build the temple. And the Lord's like, uh, yeah, it is. So it says this. It says, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your houses and the temple to lie in ruins? The Lord says, consider your ways. Because he goes on to say this. You have sown much or you've planted a whole lot, but you bring in little. Here, maybe just let that resonate a little while. Can you identify some things in your life that you have invested a whole lot in, but it has paid very little back in dividends, right? So like, let's think of it like this. Um, I'm going to pick on this, but this is just maybe just me, but I think it's a part of our culture today. Um, I already hit politics, so that's already one, but let's maybe take it somewhere else and swing the pendulum maybe over to something like social media although social media and politics are so grossly intertwined it's just awful but how many of us spend how much of our time really investing pouring into media or social media and is that pouring anything back into your life let me just help somebody today you don't have to log in to facebook you don't have to have a Facebook or an Instagram or a Twitter or any anything else. I don't even know anything else. I'm so like, <laughs> I'm such an old man. But like, you don't have to have any of those other things. You don't have to log in. You don't have to pull them up. You can give them a rest. You can give them a permanent rest. You can lay them to rest, especially if they are not pouring back into your life. You so much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. It's saying you're eating, you're consuming, you're consuming. How much do we consume? And we're still hungry. We're still clicking on the next video. We're still going on the next article. We're still listening to the next program, the next ooh, podcast. <laughs> 
I know that's a little self-defeating, but hey, I mean, let's just be real about it. You drink, but you're never filled with drink, right? You're never quenched. You're still always thirsty. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And if you earn wages, you earn wages and put into a bag with holes. Like, let's just... That's the Lord speaking. Ah, man, he, like his words are so profound. He's saying, you're doing these things. You're investing, investing, investing in the wrong kingdoms. And when you do this, you're doing it in such a way that you're not getting anything back. And the Lord follows it up with, consider your ways. Consider your ways. This is the help and the good news that I want to give somebody today. You owe zero allegiance to the things of the kingdoms of this world. You are not doing anybody a disservice by remaining tied to them. And I maybe want to challenge somebody especially if the Lord has been speaking to you and tapping on your shoulder or knocking on the door of your heart, some of you need to cut your ties with the things of this kingdoms of this world because they are dragging you down. They are taking the best of you and destroying it. They are that bag with holes in it that you can pour so much of yourself into and it will just seep through so that you have nothing to show for it. And the Lord tells us and encourages us, consider your ways. And he goes on to say this, go to the mountains, bring wood, build the temple, then I can take pleasure in it and be glorified so that his glory can be revealed to all the people the thing is, when we invest our things, our time, our effort, our energy, our emotions, our thoughts, our finances, when we invest these things poorly and we end up wasting them, it does not bring glory to God and it also does not bring him pleasure. But he's saying, if I would can be at the center of your life, it can bring me pleasure and it can glorify my name. And when he is glorified, his beauty, his splendor is revealed to this whole world and they can see him. That they don't see us, they don't see our works, they don't see our efforts because quite frankly, our efforts and works are so feeble anyway. We haven't sold out to the kingdoms of this world. And so since we haven't sold out to the kingdoms of this world and we're not a part of that mess, the only way that we can truly do something that has meaning and value and an impact is when we go all in into the kingdom of God, when we build, as it were, his temple and that his glory can be revealed in our lives. So what, how do we do that? And what does that even mean? Well, we're going to break this up and pick up the rest of this notion in the next podcast. But I'll, I'll say this, first of all, and, and as, as we wrap this up, building the temple begins with you. Scripture tells us that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. You are not your own. 
You don't belong to yourself. You don't belong to anybody else in this world, by the way, but you certainly don't belong to yourself. You belong to God. And your body, not just your, your thoughts, although that's a part of it, right? Not just our emotions, although that's a part of it, right? But every bit of us contained in the experience of this body belongs to God. That we are not our own, that we are His, and we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So what that means to me as we read this in Haggai and as we're going to maybe draw this out a little bit more in the next one is that you start by building your temple. Don't worry about building somebody else's, right? Because we can be really good at that. I'm going to go help somebody build and build theirs when our own lies in ruins. No. Build your own. Build your own by building your relationship and the foundations of your relationship with God a little deeper. Build your own by putting up the walls and the structures and the boundaries of what can come into that temple and what actually also comes out. Build your own by inviting and entertaining the presence of God inside of that temple and having communion with Him every single day. And when you do that, He will take pleasure in it and He will be glorified in you. The people say, the time has not yet come, the time to build the Lord's house. Well, I have really good news. It is time to build. And the time to build is now. And the building starts with you. So let's get to work and let's start building. Thank you for tuning in to the Kingdom is Here podcast hosted by Nathan Kirk. We appreciate the time you took to listen and are looking forward to being with you again next week. Remember your allegiance to the King and His Kingdom. And as always, we hope this was helpful.